Now, a lot of these company names and product names are influenced by marketing and advertising people. This next thing is about advertising. And by the way, if you should have any cognitive dissonance about the fact that I do commercials for 10, 10, 220 and still attack advertising up here, well, you're just going to have to figure that shit out on your own, okay? <laughs> now, this is called advertising lullaby. Keeping in mind, of course, that the whole purpose of advertising is to lull you to sleep. Quality, value, style, service, selection, convenience, economy, savings, performance, experience, hospitality, low rates, friendly service, name brands, easy terms, affordable prices, money-back guarantee, free installation, free admission, free appraisal, free alterations, free delivery, free estimates, free home trial, and free parking. No cash, no problem, no kidding, no fuss, no must, no risk, no obligation, no red tape, no down payment, no entry fee, no hidden charges, no purchase necessary, no one will call on you, no payments or interest till September. But limited time only though, so act now, order today, send no money, offer good while supplies last, two to a customer, each item sold separately, batteries not included, mileage may vary, all sales are final, allow six weeks for delivery, some items not available, some assembly required, some restrictions may apply. So come on in. Come on in. Come on in for a free demonstration and a free consultation with our friendly professional staff. Our experienced and knowledgeable sales representatives will help you make a selection that's just right for you and just right for your budget. And say, don't forget to pick up your free gift, a classic, deluxe, custom designer, luxury, prestige, high-quality, premium, select, gourmet pocket pencil sharpener. <laughs> Yours for the asking, no purchase necessary. It's our way of saying thank you. And if you act now, we'll include an extra added free complimentary bonus gift, a classic deluxe custom designer luxury prestige, high quality premium select gourmet combination key ring, magnifying glass, and garden hose in a genuine imitation leather style carrying case with authentic vinyl trim. Yours for the asking, no purchase necessary. It's our way of saying thank you. Actually, it's our way of saying bend over just a little bit farther so we can stick this big advertising pick up your ass a little bit deeper. A little bit deeper. A little bit deeper. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, to this month's edition of Waffle On Podcast. My name, of course, is Simon Meddings, and joining me today is regular guest host Peter Coleman. Hello. And long-time listener, and dare I say, fan of the show, Nigel Bromley. Good evening. <laughs> uh, Nigel, welcome to the show. Please do tell the listeners 
One, how you came across the podcast, and two, the story, which I think everyone should know, oh. is how you recognised Peter's voice during one of your work meetings. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I can't actually remember at all. It's so long ago how I discovered the podcast, but it was it was really early on. It was either through Doctor Who or Porridge or one of the very early mm. podcasts, um, and so fell in love with it uh, very, very quickly because um, it was people as stupid as me talking about things I like, so it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Um, Two or three years later, um, I get to know Peter through uh, through work, and I've had about two meetings with him, and then I'm driving to work, which is my favourite place to listen to a, a Waffle On podcast. Right, okay. Yes. Driving to work, uh, except when there's a quiz, which is crashing on the way to work, because I can't get the answers. <laughs> <laughs> too hard, they're too hard. They're not too hard. Too, they are. People just cheat and use Shazam. Well, I didn't do Nigel. that. I, I, I didn't do that. That's why I've only got that two points. I <laughs> uh, anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, yes. So, so, and then I'm driving along, and it was, I think it was a Blackadder one, yes, uh, was. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. So, Blackadder the second, maybe? Yeah. Um, and I thought, good God, this chapter, he sounds very much like uh, Peter. I don't know. I don't know. And anyway, it, I, so I drove an hour to the office and then eventually I had to phone him up and go, um, are you sort of famous? <laughs> <laughs> that was the strangest thing because, yeah, we'd done, the, we'd done that uh, podcast a little bit before and then I remember it was, um, gosh, it must have been 2011, 2012, yeah, something, 2011, like, yeah. so, something like that in May because it, it was on my birthday, bizarrely, when, we, when I, I, was, I was doing this training course in the middle of Bristol um, and and we we were sat there and we were having a, a very good time and um, and then yeah I mean, the, the the mail I expected to get from Nigel after that would would have been very formal and full of all kinds of follow ups and everything like that and what I actually got was are you famous <laughs> in the subject line it was like so I was crime watch on I was um, well <laughs> I was I was uh, I was nervous about sending it um, because if if you didn't know anything about podcasts, the world of podcasts, yeah. which back in 2011, all those years ago, mm. uh, but, but back in 2011, nobody knew about it. They were, no, it was quite no. new and uh, you were cutting edge, Meds and Kel. You were cutting edge. <laughs> uh, you were on the technological edge of the world. Um, from Birmingham we are, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I didn't really know whether to bring it up or not. Anyway, so there we are. That was it. That was, that was how I met Peter. And then we've worked together since and then uh, a few months later after that I think I remember I, I managed to arrange a meeting so that um, mm, yeah, yes. so, so that you guys could meet I remember we had it in the in, in the Victoria pub where we were served pints of pork pints, pints of, pork of pork scratchings, scratchings. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then, we're, then we've kind of been in communication since but yeah, I'm always in the habit of suggesting themes for the podcast yeah. um, one of my uh, mo most famous being Rent-A-Ghost I mean, that's interesting because I always suggest exactly the same thing. <laughs> but they haven't done it yet. Ah. Uh, yeah, which one is yours? The Sweeney. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Shut it. Who are you? We're the Sweeney, son, and we haven't had any dinner. You've kept us waiting, so unless you want a kick and you tell us where those photographs are. I tell you who is mine. You bring that up. You're too young. Uh, no, because I, I remember the Sweeney. But the, the thing is, is that he's... As you notice now, Waffle has gone more towards films. To yes. And the reason why we've done that is because we've been going since 2008 now, 2008, 2009. And 
we always said that we'd only ever do TV shows and stuff that we were actually really passionate about or have, there is something that really jogs many and the Sweeney is fantastic but as you say it was a late 70s TV programme mm. in which finished I think it was 79 it finished um, you know the professionals yeah, which you have done that we have done about because we, we, we remember the, yes. the professionals from that and it, it's, it's so easy you get a lot of podcasts and fair play to them I, I'll never knock a podcast it's very easy just to pick a subject and talk about it and never have any kind of passion about it. That includes, though, to a certain degree, we're kind of slightly changing our mind where we're actually going to pick stuff we really hate and talk <laughs> about it because that's a passion, that's yeah, an emotion. Yeah. That kind of, you know, Phantom Menace was a classic example of that, which is a commentary one we did. And, uh, and we haven't done one since because it was purely painful <laughs> to sit there and watch Phantom Menace uh, and, and talk about it without actually totally slagging it off. Although the, the amount of people who got back in touch with us and said about that episode... The fact that we stuck up for um, uh, Jake Lloyd, who's gone off the rails a little bit, but it's not his fault. You know, it's not his fault that he was like, you know, chastised for that film. He only went by directing. He was a child actor. Yeah, it's unfair. So we could do more films which we can't stand. Um, so wow. Avatar might turn out uh, someone on because I despise that film with an absolute passion. Um, and ET. I will pitch in and say there was. Uh, the, the, there, there was a couple of films which we couldn't stand, which were the which was the challenge. Which when, oh, when yes, you, when you said to me watch the Blues Brothers, so you tied me to a chair and made me watch that, and then I got my revenge by making you watch Driven. I think we both know which is a better film out of those two. <laughs> I mean, whichever is the shorter. I, I, really. I, I think you came, I think you came out of the Blues Brothers though, not as hating it as you thought. Because there's great things in the Blues Brothers. If you got rid of the plot and just played all the fantastic music, <laughs> if you got those musical performances from the people who were performing and alive yeah. mm. and available to, to do that, that that's terrific. Um, yes, what I enjoyed was the, the look of pain and disbelief combined on your face while watching Driven. Uh, or um, Drivel, as Drivel. it should have been called. Yes. So what will that be? De Desert Island Drownings? Isn't it? <sighs> Honestly, I pretty much. Yeah, it's in just dribble. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's like here's genuinely one of the worst films that you may ever hope to see in your life. Um, but yeah, it was it was oh, it, it's fascinating. But yeah, I agree with you, Meds. The you know that you can exhibit passion by hating something just as much. Now, Ranton. Perhaps it should be called Ranton. <laughs> Someone as you turned to us about four years into the podcast said, "Why don't you just call your podcast Ranting God?" There's only one way to win a campaign. Shout, shout, and shout again. You don't think, then, that inspired leadership and tactical ability have anything to do with it? No! It's all down to shouting. Following the success of my suggestion about Rent-A-Ghost, um, uh, <laughs> one of the things I thought would make for great conversation, actually, would, would be Would you like us to put your head a little bit more <laughs> smaller on there? Oh, uh, yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I said rent a ghost and you did it, and it was great. Did you I, say rent a ghost? I really or did you to say rent a ghost? <laughs> such a great thing, and just such. It, the the fun thing about that is there's so little information that exists about it. Really, there is it's really, one, of those, yeah. one of those strange things. Um, but ads, especially in the kind of eras that I understand we're going to be talking about, are. Are one of those things that for an entire generation were defining, they were iconic, and they were unfast forwardable. Yeah. So we were often stuck in a room with those things, and adverts became as much a part of our lives as the shows which were either side of them. And so 
having had this conversation over the pints of pork scratchings with <laughs> Mr. Bromley on the other side of the table, um, as an ad man and a fellow marketer, um, I thought that... Uh, Don't say that. Everybody will hate us. Madmen. As a practitioner of the black arts, yes. I thought, I thought Nigel would make, would make a fascinating or, companion. Or as my... That's very kind of you. They're the only person in the history of the world to ever think that I'd make a companion. <laughs> my mother, I'm 49, my mother is still waiting for me to get a proper job. Oh, there you, you can turn around and say that you're now a media celebrity. <laughs> she won't know what the podcast <laughs> is. No, my parents are totally oblivious to the fact that <laughs> what I actually do for another living. Uh, <laughs> no, yes, yeah, so you're, you're both in the advertising thing and marketing thing. So you're both in, you know, this is your profession, so you know what you're talking about. Although, having looked at your playlists... Thank you. Um, <sighs> Jesus Christ. Um, so, still... <laughs> So, yeah, we're doing classic British TV advertisements of commercials. Now, look, if you're outside of the UK, please do stay with us because you know what Waffle On is like. We're inevitably going to be talking crap all the way through these. So, now, Nigel, because you're the special guest, we're going to start off with your first one. This is number one on our list. It is the classic advert from 1973, the R. White's Lemonade. I'm a secret lemonade drinker. R. White's. So it's a brilliant one, Nigel. <laughs> why was this your first choice? Why, why is this important to you? Uh because uh, so I um, obviously as I've said 49 uh, 49 in about two weeks actually so I grew up through the 1970s this commercial debuted in 1973 when I was about four and it ran for nine years Mm. so it was on in the cinema on the TV throughout my formative years growing up so it was just there yeah Um, so it, 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 and we all knew how to sing it. It was the lemonade you asked for when your mum bought the supermarket cheap shit stuff. <laughs> and I wanted R White, so you can't dance around the house singing R White's Lemonade. You do look a little bit like the R White's <laughs> Lemonade man. R-White's as well. lemonade. <laughs> um, it's, it's a peculiar thing, though, and one of the strange things to me. I mean, I, obviously, it's a great jingle, and I remember it as well. And it's it's, it's one of those great things. It seems to me ever so slightly contrived. It's like if you can't, if you, but, but bear bear with me because <laughs> it is going to be a long podcast. If, if that's you, your point of view, if you can't, if you can't sleep at night, what makes you think what I need right now? <laughs> some sugary while I'm staring with all of Earth's angst at the ceiling, what I need is a really sugary drink to make me get back to sleep. Why? Why was that not? I'm a secret Horlicks drinker. Ah, because Horlicks makes you go sleepy night eyes, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Which is where that oh, man ought to be, yeah. rather than doing his Roy Orbison. Uh, well, Roy Orbison. <laughs> well, well there's the, the advert makes, makes Roy Orbison able to see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the light from the fridge. It's just, it's just like wearing a Stevie Wonder. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, it, so the, the, the quick bit of educational bollocks around advertising is... Yes, I said bollocks, fuck it. Just one word. Oh, well, bollocks. What all advertising are trying to do is to get you to remember 
their mm. product. Mm. And, and uh, Dr. Byron Sharp calls it, terrible phrase, mental availability. Right. What that actually means is there's a choice of brands in any particular category, lemonade being one of them. There's a choice of brands. They're all wet. They're all quite sweet. They all do more or less the same job. How do you get people to go, our whites is the one for me in that category or for anything? You've got to become front of mind. You've got to be the most memorable. So how do you take something that's quite banal, generally, we mm. make lemonade, and make it interesting? I know you've got a very similar one coming up on your batting list well, it a bit later on. It depends if spoilers. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, well, yeah. spoilers, we'll talk about that later. But this was, it was a lovely jingle, it was nice music, it was a warm little um, uh, uh, scenario. Um, it was quite beautifully lit, and the door opened, the light lit up, and it was just fun, and it was lovely, and it captured... Probably not because it was good in and of itself, but probably because we all saw it thousands and thousands of times. Yeah, and it's got an earworm, which is what you want about for the Absolutely. thing to catch you for yeah. it. Yeah, and right. I think now as, as we uh, well, pause <laughs> as we go through some of my ah. list and some of uh, some of your. That, I think that's something we're going to come back to. How many different little techniques have advertisers ah. used to get us to remember or want to say yeah. numbers, phrases? Now this, this is what I'm interested in, especially with both of your expertise in the advertising and kind of industry, mm. is how they do this, how they go about it. Pete, you're waving your hands. I mean, in this case, it's an earworm. And having, having said to, to Nigel earlier that it was slightly contrived, I do remember an offer on the bottle which I sent off for. Ooh. Yes, because um, at, the, at the start of the... Well, it must have been early 80s. Um, they were replaying the advert, you know, because they were using it for years and years and years, as you said, which is, you, know, you wouldn't get away with no. in this day and age. of you know, They've been playing that advert for 10 years. Exactly. Just imagine, you know, it's crazy. But um, there was an advert where you could send off for personalised stationery. Oh. Where you could send them your name... And they would send you back a pad which had no. R. White's lemonade on the bottom. And Peter is a secret lemonade drinker. Oh, oh my gosh, God. that is brilliant. And I Bring think, that back. I think that's, I think that's an absolutely brilliant use of... It must have been so cheap to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, because you just send it through a printing press. And the brand loyalty and the, the, the yes. excitement factor that you must get out of that... I've probably got it somewhere. I've probably got the rest of the pad somewhere in the old loft or something. Well, you saying that Kellogg's have done a, have recently done exact same thing, where oh. if you you buy, you know, it's almost going back to the seventies and the eighties, where if you buy a certain amount of cereal boxes, then you can send off for a spoon. And that spoon will have your name on it. And Isla, my daughter, has got her own spoon oh. saying Kellogg's, and it's got Isla's spoon on it. And it's really, it's actually a really nice spoon. And it stands out from all the others. So once she knows it's her spoon, mm. but again, it's good advertising because you pick it up and you go, What's a Kellogg's spoon? Where'd you get that from? Oh, well, if you go and. Do you know what I mean? And it's invaded yeah. your home and it will be her spoon. It'll be still happy yeah. when she's And she can have it on her wedding dress when it is made. <laughs> now, nice little fact here. The actual R. White's song heard in the advertisement was sung by Ross McManion, who is Elvis Costello's father. And Costello himself <laughs> plays drums on this track. 
<laughs> and, How and did you find vocal. this out? And backing vocals, backing vocals. Yeah. Did you not know that, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, the, the actors That's in this... 1-0. Are we scoring? <laughs> yeah. Is that 1-0? Uh, the actors in this is uh, Julian Shagin and Harriet Philippin. Uh, Philippin, sorry. Now, they reunited 40 years later to reenact the exact same advert, but for this time it was for R. White's Lemonade Ice Pops. Um, Chagin was actually quite easy to find. Uh, Philippine was not. Uh, she'd kind of, not so much retired from acting, but moved to Ireland and was, was, was kind of still acting, but in smaller roles. And it was her son who saw the advertisement in the stage magazine saying, we're looking for these people to come back and do the advertisement, as how she got back. Um, to do it so it's interesting to see that they, the, both the characters come back to do an advertisement 40 years later something I'm sure will happen again well you know in terms of it dramatised desire for something and reward mm. that you actually got the drink and you did it in a silly fun way with a great cash tune and it's one of the longest running ads ever I love it it is and it's a perfect start to the, to the podcast now Peter uh, oh, your yes. first one another recognisable advert this one the Yellow Pages Party, party, French polishers commercial. Yes! Wake up, my parents fly back today. Who are you? Who are you? Oh, she. Get these glasses. French polishers. It's just possible you could save my life. Mum, just landed. Oh, quiet. I'm on my way. Uh, my favourite piece. <laughs> um, massively. Um, first of all, this is one of the incredibly recognisable, very long, um, mm. almost like, like play for today length <laughs> in terms of an advertisement. Um, there was, of course, the famous J.R. Hartley fly fishing. Um... My name, oh yes, it's J.R. Hartley. Similar, similar advert, and these were produced with very nice production values and um, lots of lots of interesting characters and interesting casts to make you, you know, almost create that kind of water cooler moment. However, the reason that this particular advertisement resonates so soundly are is you about to share something of your personal <laughs> life? Yes. Oh, excellent! It, it happened to me. Oh, French publishing. <laughs> You're a secret French polisher. Um, we could mash the two ads together. Could, yeah. Now, picture the scene. Um, in 1990, I was invited to a friend's house while their parents were away. Um, a wild party duly, duly ensued, as all wild parties do. Um, at the um, in, in, later on at night, um, all thoughts turn as they will naturally do, to the occult. Oh, really? And what happened was, on a very nice round table in the corner of Weaky this board. room, oh dear. We, we set out on little bits of paper 
all the ingredients, all the all the characters, all the letters, all the yeses and the noes and the try again and the hello and the goodbye of the Ouija board, which is still, I think, copyright Mattel. <laughs> yeah, it is, yes. Really? I, yes. <laughs> Facts too, one all. Um, so... It's like, the, it's like the Bible is a <laughs> copyright penguin. <laughs> um, what happened, though, was um, cleverly and drunkenly, we arranged all the bits of paper round the table and then carved in biro onto the bits of paper all of the letters so that when the paper is removed, gouged, in biro tip into the rim of this beautiful wooden table was an entire Ouija board. Oh my gosh. This was a fairly religious family. I'd met this person through a pilgrimage. It wasn't looking good. <laughs> right. A pilgrimage? Yes. I, I, yes. I, I, I Is did, that another I podcast? Was, <laughs> I, I, yes. I was, a, I was a very good Catholic when I was younger. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Um, so, Jesus! So, <laughs> where is this going? What happened? What the devil we, turned up? We, we right. woke up in the morning. We were doing the honest thing of cleaning up. We took all of the bits of paper off the table, mm. went to throw them away, and went, "Oh no!" And discovered what was underneath the paper and all these gouge marks. And it was clear to see for anybody what this was supposed to be. Um, yeah. So, oh. so, so did you use yellow pages? Yes. Good God. Ah, that is brilliant. So, of course, this was after the advert. So I thought, well, this is just art becoming life. Mm. So I, I, I went, went in and rang somebody and said, you could I'm really not taking the piss, but it's just possible you could save my life because <laughs> we've got a situation which involves, um, which yeah. involves some, some damaged furniture and the parents are back next week. And... We really need this sorting. And, yeah, in 1990, anybody who was a guest at that party ended up having to put in 20 quid into <gasps> the party. That's a lot, oh, which that's is, a lot of money. Which was not a lot of money, which was a really big note yeah. Yeah. at that time. Uh, so, so yeah, so I've got um, fondness and fond memories and a bloody good story out of um, that, that situation. But that, that advertisement still makes me shiver. And did you contact the afterlife? Um, were you in touch with an Indian called? No, no. The amount of troubles that we were in um, mm. for having for having done this far outweighed any contact with <laughs> any the kind dead, of devil, which we, managed, <laughs> which we managed to achieve. So yeah, that's the whole story about why that means something to me because. Those were great yellow pages adverts. It was it was yeah. a nice way of saying this is why you need the product. Yet another thing as well, the yellow pages. Yet another thing that was part of our life for decades that has gone in the blink of an eye. I mean, the, the, as you say, Pete, the, the yellow pages adverts uh, in the eighties were a, a fantastic theme. You had the fly fishing with J.R. Hartley, which mm. I think everyone remembers. Sadly, the, the actor who was in that passed away uh, about 10 years ago he passed away from shingles at the age of 91 if anyone's ever had shingles it's one of the most horrendous things to have and at the age of 91 bless him um, it's it's seriously not nice but of course there was the Hornby train set advert which I think everyone knows and the boy with the racing bike which was I think was one of my favourites where his dad turned around and went you don't want one of them Ah, shit, they are. Ah, maybe next year, lad. And he sneaks upstairs in his, his, his working class vest 
after doing a shift at mine. Uh, Turns around and goes, like, oh, we got this one, like, clearly second hand. But, you know, those were the days where kids didn't get everything they wanted. Yes. Bastards. They had a second-hand bike. Phoned <laughs> <laughs> up. <laughs> Is this something you would like to share with us? By the yellow pages. Um, so. Did you, did you not get a, mount, a, a, a racing I, bike? I had a grifter. I'm very Ooh, happy with my grifter. I had a actually. grifter. Did you? Well. Yeah, the yeah. T- only t- brilliant. Looked great. Uh, and the grip. You could change yeah, yeah, gear yeah. on the grip, which was like, oh, that was the most technical oh, yeah, yeah, thing yeah, in the world. Yeah. Only downside was they weighed three tons. Didn't they? they were a if heavy bike. If you was a slim fella, if you were which looking at all three of us here, we yeah. probably weren't we really. Young. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a grip. I, I think I wanted a um, a striker, but then my mum and dad bought me a grifter, which is the one up from the striker. Because oh, it was a bit like you buy clothes. Grow into the sea growing. So I was a, a very small lad. <laughs> like, yeah. like this. It was a brilliant one. Now, Nige, uh, another serious blast from the past, this one. And uh, one not many people I think will remember, but it's still good anyway, is Joe and Petunia oh. dial 999. Oh, it's ever so nice and peaceful up here, Joe. Nice view, too. Ah, very nice, Petunia. And look at that nice little boat. He's having a lot of fun out there in his little dingy. That's what they call them, you know, sailing dingy. Are they nice people at our hotel, Joe? <laughs> Hello. Now he's splicing his main brains. <laughs> Though I don't think the man on table number six is very nice. Eh, do you think he's in trouble, Petunia? Oh, no, Joe. He's just enjoying himself on holiday. Oh, he's decided to have a swim. Now he's going to climb back again. I expect that water's a bit cold, don't you? Oh, oh, he's changed his mind. Now he's waving to us. Go away! I can't say I recognise him, though. But he must know us. Maybe it's the gent on table number six. No, it's not him. He's much... Oh, now he's shouting. A lovely day, isn't it? Help! Help! Dial 999 and ask for the Coast Guard! I can't hear a word he's saying, you know. Hello. Dial 999 and ask for the Coast Guard. Well, I never. If you see a boat you think may be in distress, dial 999 and ask for the Coast Guard. Nige, um, brilliant cartoon advert, this one. Why'd you, why'd you pick this one? Petunia. <laughs> it's, um, well, they were a series. It's very. I, I just love them. I just absolutely love them. There's a little series of them. Um, they produced one about the Coast Guard. Uh, which, uh, which is the one you I chose? One, uh, sorry, yes, the flags. Well remembered. Thank you. <laughs> this water is very strong. Um, what about the, co- uh, the country code? Say that very carefully. <laughs> it's a good job you're on water. <laughs> Countryside definition <laughs> to kill, kill Piers Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. Um, and interestingly, the last one they did was about worn tyres. They got killed off in this. Oh, in no, life. really? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Anyway, so lovely, charming animation. Really believable, well-rounded, grotesque characters. All done through the voices and the, and the animation. Um, really witty dialogue. Um, funny. And a hint of drama. And they got the message over. And generally, you know, these were produced by what, uh, the Public Information Office, not known for being a laugh a minute, mm. uh, and they got over very <laughs> serious messages, but they did it in such a light way. 
I think this uh, this one features on um, I think it's a DVD that was issued in the early two thousands uh, called Charlie Says, which yes. is a compilation got of it. all of yeah. 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 It's got the infamous Wolf Harris with the big toe. Yeah. Who knows where that big toe has been? It's fabulous, and and, and yeah, there's there's some which which I recognise. My 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 favourite one is out of out of all of those public service uh, announcements. Uh, apart from the one which may or may not be coming next, um, is is the one about the dangers of ponds. I am the spirit of dark and lonely water, ready to trap the unwary, the show-off, the fool. And this is the kind of place you'd expect to find me. But no one expects to find me here. It seems too ordinary. But that pool is deep. The boy is showing off. The bank is slippery. The show-offs are easy. But the unwary ones are easier still. This branch is weak, rotten. It'll never take his way. Only a fool would ignore this. But there's one born every minute. Under the water there are traps. Old cars, bedsteads, weeds, hidden depths. It's the perfect place for an accident. I locked this someone in the water. Quick, use that big stick to get him out. Sensible children. I have no power over them. Oi, mate, that's a stupid place to swim. Hey, go over and get that thing to wrap him in. You don't feel cold, mate. How long was you in there? Ew, thing. of dark and oh that was brilliant oh. yeah they were quite dark some of these right? they were terribly dark but <clears throat> in the, in the case of you know if, if you're going to go and arse around near a pond then you know if your friend falls in it then you know, you know make sure there's a there's a rubber ring you can throw him or something I, I was, like that I was, it's we, a bad message there is public information was actually which I, I would really like to do as a podcast yeah. later on maybe the brilliant next time, year. it's really good if we could watch him and, 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 and do it would be Absolutely brilliant. Now, have you, just, got, have you got some fantastic facts? I do have some fantastic I've got, facts. I've got two fantastic facts. Oh, well, no, you, it's your choice, you say them. No, no, you, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no, we don't. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go with my, so, so, because I love the, the way he said Petunia. Yeah, <laughs> Petunia. Very famous voice artist, Peter Hawkins, yes. who did many, many things, mm. but very famous for being the original voice of the Daleks. Oh, and the Cybermen. Yes, mm. oh, yes, with the electronic uh, mm-hmm. sing-song voice. Um, and then, uh, not less, not anywhere near as interesting because she wasn't really in Doctor Who. Wendy Craig, who did, who was in Butterflies, but uh, a really top-draw uh, voice artist. Uh, he is now. Wendy Craig only did the first lot. Uh, he was another actress who did the others called uh, Bridget Forsyth. Now, famous apart for, from famous for. The likely, what, uh, what, uh, whatever happened to the likely lads? Yeah, and wasn't she? Well, was she the wife of? Uh, yes, Rodney so Duke. she's now in um, Open All Hours again. Yes, she is. She is, yeah, playing yeah. another rather scary lady. Yeah, yeah, she's not. now uh, Hawk, Peter Hawkins, who is the voice of Joe, as you said, did the. Uh, the he was also the original voice for Ar- 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 Zippy. Oh dear! Oh dear! Dear dear! Oh, who did that? Was it you, Bungle? Who, me? I did, David. 
I'm very sorry. I was uh, passing the sponge to my friend Bungle, and uh, it accidentally slipped out of my hand. Yes. <laughs> and also did uh, one of those for us younger people, uh, the Super Ted. Uh, he was the narrator no of way. the Super Ted. So I thought, you, you thought you'd like I that. I love Super, well. Ted. Super Ted. That's a blast. Super Ted and Zippy. Now, I'm going to say this. You probably want to cut this out. Would you remember that lovely joke when, when I was in the 70s? The joke <laughs> about Zippy, if I can remember it, is... Um, uh, <laughs> you're ready to clap me out. Oh, you've got to edit me after I fucked it Oh, no, I think fuck-ups are even better. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's something like this. Zippy says, where's Bungle? And George so says... So are you doing that? <laughs> no one can see you. <laughs> I'm a method actor. <laughs> very, so, very good. So, so, so where's Bungle? And, and, and George says, he's gone out. <laughs> and Zippy says, oh, well, put some more petrol on him then. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying in. That's brilliant. Well done, you. So that's 45 years old, that joke. Now, what I will say now is we're talking slightly about Rainbow. Now, look. Serious man. <clears throat> Rainbow. Now, look. All those people who post on Facebook saying, I can't believe they got away with it, and posting a video which is pretty raunchy of Rainbow. No. Stop it. It was never broadcast. It was a Christmas edition for the cast and crew. Please stop doing it. And also, while we're on a bit of a rant, those people who keep putting superimposed images of famous people wearing a T-shirt, like Peter Capaldi saying, my other cars are tardies, they're not wearing those T-shirts. <laughs> we don't fall for it. Stop it. <laughs> All right? There we go. So that's rant over. Ooh. Now, yeah, that, there, was, there was a Victor Lewis Smith show which exposed a lot of this stuff, which, which featured a lot of these... Um, oh, Christmas episodes. Yeah, the, the, the Christmas yes. reel for the cast and the crew, as you say. Um, there, there was a fantastic one, which, yeah, it's probably on YouTube, which is the incredibly sweary episode of Bullseye. Yes. Um, <laughs> which, which, is, which is basically Jim Bowen presenting Bullseye in in a string vest at that point <laughs> really? at, at, at the cast party and they went and did an episode oh. this was hilarious but about, yeah. about right I should... said uh, you know where are you from Cockermouth is that where you live is it? or is it just <laughs> a hobby <laughs> <laughs> and trouble is you can probably get away with actually broadcasting that now that's the bad uh, thing with the right kind of bracket yes. Yes. Now, now one of us mentioned just now I think it was you Nigel mentioned uh, uh, thespianism uh, just then I should point out, oh, yes. ladies and gentlemen, uh, that we are recording not at Waffle on Towers, uh, but somewhere slightly grander, in which you'll see a photograph uh, on website. We are, and extremely grateful to the staff of the Rooftop Restaurant here in Stratford-upon-Avon, who has allowed us to record in the wonderful round room, which is... And there's fireworks going on as we talk. Waffle on is in town. And we are, I must admit, this round room is fabulous and it is just like Spectre. Yes. It's a lovely round table. It's even that I'm expecting Graham Chapman uh, and the Knights of the Round Table <laughs> to pop in uh, for this. But if you're ever in Stratford and you want to have a nice bite to eat, forget all the other places. Come to the rooftop restaurant, head towards the ILSC, get the lift. Straight up the top, because we're eating there later on, aren't we, Jack? We are indeed. We are indeed. Poor old Nigel's drinking water, so you're buggered, really. Aren't you? <laughs> That's because I'm a dribbling fool sober. <laughs> uh, I, I have got to say, actually, because I live near here, and when Stratford had its festival of motoring, because I like cars mm. as well, because basically I'm still 12, 
Uh, we came here, looked at the shiny cars, et ice creams, and then we came here and had a coffee and sat outside. Lo- lovely. Yeah. Mrs. Bromley was a happy lady. Was she a happy lady, was she? As much as. As much as she had yeah. since your children were born. Yes. <laughs> okay, brilliant. <laughs> since you got stuck with me. Okay, so our next one. Uh, now, Peter. Hello. Commercial of the alcohol here. Good. Uh, we, are, we are currently drinking a bit of purity, uh, but this is for the black stuff, the famous Guinness Surfing with Horses advert from 1999. He waits. That's what he does. And I'll tell you what. Tick followed tock followed tick followed tock followed tick. says I don't care who you are here's to your dream the old sailors return to the bar here's to you I have and the fat drummer hit the beat with all his heart Fabulous advert that then, Peter, the old Guinness uh, with the surfing horses. Why that one? Um, Because it's one of those adverts which I remember incredibly clearly. And it was one of those points where advertisements became more art Mm. than advertisement. Um, Clearly, this is something that presents itself as something that is a fantastic film that would uh, earn a place in any short film festival with the the degree of excellence in photography the degree of excellence in um, in post-production the the voiceover the script it's absolutely brilliant um, lines like the fat drummer hit the beat with all his heart are something that just conjure up an image of a bacchanalian delight in a venue in a um, it's one of those things that is incredibly evocative. And can you imagine, you know, the purpose of advertising is to sell more product. You, somebody is a client in that organisation. So their job, brackets, their life, family, mortgage, <laughs> depends on selling more stuff. Mm. They'll be dealing with accountants and production people, logical business people, and you've got to sit down and say, what we're going to do is have a film with horses and the sea and stuff, <laughs> and we're going to, it'll cost a fortune to produce, take about six months, and we're not going to mention the product at all. Yeah, fantastic. Can mm. I do that by the, you know, so to sell that in as a client, I think it's absolutely amazing. There is a one minute, 30 second version of mm. that advert, which may be the one that you've played, because because that's the, that, that's the that's the director's cut, if you like, and you get eight seconds at the end of it with Guinness and good things come to those who wait, which is the product line and the payoff, and 
it, it, it just marked a, a sea change in the world of advertising where you create art mm. in the name of your brand. Because art engages the emotions and emotions go deep into the brain and trigger memories and stay there longer. So there is a science behind it. Well, there is because... But we... it's still <laughs> very hard to sell into accountants and logical business people who think that's all... A, and engineers and... From, from marketing point of view, I mean, I, I think the best... Adver- I mean, I've, I've tried to pick... This is actually one of the exceptions, ironically. Uh, adverts in this, in which you could actually plan a radio. Because... Apart from the, 118, 118, which you sadly do. Yeah, because a lot of the advertisements that we see, they are telling you what the product is, you get the gist of the product is. And as you say, this advert doesn't actually say anything about it no. until the last eight seconds at the end at the end of the advert. Now, the interesting thing about this, Guinness had a long line of commercials breaking away from the traditional formula of this is our brand, this is why you should buy it, end it's of a, story in 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, they first started it, really the most famous one, of course, was the 1994 Anticipation advert mm-hmm. with the man dancing to the tune of um, Guigaline by Perez Perez Parado. Uh, which I do own on single. Uh, I do, because I loved it. I thought it was really good. in it of course didn't get any work afterwards for quite a while because he was simply known as the Guinness man um, but again it was another one of those things where it was a catchy tune which is a, was which is a, a, I, I knew the tune anyway because being a jazz fan wonderful use of it but also again yes it had the Guinness it had the Guinness glass at the front of the screen and he was dancing towards it but it was all about the anticipation of drinking it it weren't just here we go here's a point mm. because as we all know with Guinness takes around about you know 11 to 15 seconds to pour the first part of it and then you've got to wait for it to settle yeah. and that whole advert was about him dancing around it this one again is a similar format but without showing a bit you're all about surfing you've got to wait to the proper wave you're waiting there until you see it and then when you know it's going to break that's when you go and get it the horse is coming over I'm not overly keen on that, if I'm totally honest with you, purely for the fact that I think that realms back to the 1970s slightly. But, again, you remember it because the fact that, as what you said, Nigel, and you said, Pete, it's horses surfing to a certain degree. <laughs> horses breaking through that wave to say you're breaking. And we all know the fact that the horses are representing the head of the Guinness. That's where it's coming from, the foam at the Guinness, the, the lovely foam at it, and everyone has a horse. The advert actually caused uh, uh, quite a few injuries in it, including the cameraman who had to keep going out there and surfing whilst filming, uh, and, uh, and and so it caused that. But yeah, it's a it's a cracking advert. And this oh, is really pre GoPro and pre an awful lot of that post production that, that, technology. That's at the early days right of, of what was amusingly known as unsteady cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it does it does bear similarity to the James Bond films in which he had uh, during the ski chase stuff, <clears> where the fact that he was a, a, a well-known skier who had the cameras strapped on his back and, and yeah. those cameras weighed, you know, That's something right. like 25 to 40 kilograms per oh, piece to, to actually I'm still that, mourning you know. Roger Moore. Oh, well, I, I, I haven't told Peter this yet, but I might as well tell him now. Uh, well, for two years now, I've tried to get his tickets to a show. Uh, and unfortunately, the first time I tried to get it, it was when we was in uh, Christmas holiday weekend break mm. in Critch. And the other time, uh, I was on holiday, and, and you was in Venice. 
Um, so we couldn't go, oh, and he's to see Cue the Music. Oh, I want to go and see that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, they just don't do it near us, do they? Well, they, well there was one, they, actually, it was just, it weren't too far away. I think it was in Morven, I think, or, or somewhere oh. just on the outskirts where we could easily get to. Or, I, I or, absolutely... or ironically, in Derby. <laughs> it was yes. there. So, they've done one in Derby, I couldn't go to, yeah. one in Lincoln, which I wasn't allowed to go to, I think and, one in Leicester. That I just please come and do the bloody Midlands. Yeah, come do and do the town hall, the yeah. symphony hall, or, or the, something, or the Royal Shakespeare yeah. Theatre. Yeah, or, the, or yes, and then have drinks and food at yes. the rooftop bar where we are. Uh, but either way, now that I know you want to go, Nigel, no, oh, yes, three of us will go for, for drinks. Now let's jump on the fifth one. Back with you, Nigel. Staying with the booze. Oh, yeah. Staying with the booze. Well, here we go. Artist? It's the beauty from the water in Majorca. The Heineken oh, from, it's a belter. <laughs> from 1988. The water in Mallorca doesn't taste like what it ought to. <laughs> the water in Mallorca don't taste like what it ought to. The water in Mallorca doesn't taste quite how it should. Mallorca. 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 Oi, Dale, any day to some freshman in here? Here you are. Get your laughing gear around there. Oh, golly. The water in my car. What's that? Don't taste like what it ought to. <laughs> Gosh. The water in my car. Don't taste like what it ought to. She's cracked. She's only corrected. You're absolutely wrong. Heineken. Refreshes the parts what other beers cannot reach. Go on, I do a posh speaking fella. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I have a real soft spot for, for spoof and for pastiche, a thing composed of parts borrowed. Um, and what I love about this, um, in fact, there's a bit of a story behind it, is they were originally, uh, so, so, so to, backing up slightly, it's a spoof of My Fair Lady, if you haven't seen that, uh, mm-hmm. Audrey Hepburn uh, as, as the movie. Or Pretty Woman, if you want to be modern. Uh, the only thing that I like about Pretty Woman is it's got Lotus Esprit in it. Apart from that, not really interested. <laughs> nice. Chick flick. Um, <laughs> and my wife has made me watch it, and I'm not annoyed about it at all. So, um, <laughs> I, I've overshared again, haven't I? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so... Um, it depends uh, how far you go into Pretty Woman. <laughs> she, she's never worn the boots. <laughs> But you have. But I have. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have a Lotus Esprit, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, pretty, so pretty, who got me on Pretty Woman now? Jesus Christ. So, My Fair Lady, uh, and the line is, the rain in Spain, uh, or, or something, what is it? The rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane. And the, the, she's being taught to speak, and in fact there's a whole preamble all about how brilliant English is, blah, blah, blah. They're going to do the same thing with this ad. Mm-hmm. They get there, they've got the music cleared, which is by uh, Julie Andrews. Uh, they've got everything done, and at the last minute, they can't get the copyright for that line. They're literally, they're in the studio, they've got the actors, they've got the crew, this is costing thousands a minute, can't use the line. What do we do? And the writer came up with the alternative, which is the same but different, mm. the water in Majorca. What happens then is that turns what would have been an, an okay spoof into something clever and memorable. And I think it transformed the ad and transformed their fortunes. So out of adversity came a great bit of advertising. So there you go. And it, here is the product, and I just, I really rather love it for some reason. I really reason. like it. And as soon as you picked that, because I remembered it from when it was first broadcast as well. 
And what I do like about that advert is the fact that the uh, the casual geezer at the end of it comes out and he thinks yes. he's Heineken. And from going from his working class voice, it's suddenly got an incredibly posh, <laughs> yes. incredibly posh voice. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna strike a note of caution. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Killjoy over here. Um, there's there's a couple of things where you you want to say if you're advertising booze in particular. Do you want it to say that it changes your personality completely? And one of the things which I'll throw in there is you remember the martini adverts that you used to see in the cinemas mm. where it was um, the dog and duck in the high street if you're drinking martini or the uh, Auntie Vera if you're drinking martini with this girl in a bikini. Yeah, it's like, which which actually made you imagine that you would see things more clearly once you'd had some drink. Mm. Um, uh, but we are in the days in the 1970s where the product or brand claim didn't have to be uh, rooted in a provable fact. Ah, so you, see, you could yeah, say yeah. reaches the parts that other beers cannot reach, or probably mm. the best lager in the world. You could say all of that because you didn't have to back it up or enforce it in any way. It's interesting. I like it. I mean, oh, I, how those I days have changed! I think it's great because because yeah, you you can say that, that this is this is able to. The message there is Heineken gets you out of a pickle. It gives the results that you want. Yeah. It makes people um, comply with your wishes if they're on a casting couch. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> not. No. 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 no topical. No. Topical. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm never getting on the couch with you again. <laughs> I'll have a beer. <laughs> um, yeah, really interesting. And again, it's one of those things that, yeah, like like any classic ad, it's memorable, it's repeatable, mm. it's mimicable. Yes, it is. It so, really is. And uh, funny enough, I mean, that, that's the only two beer adverts we've got in here. I mean, uh, my favourite has always been the uh, Paul Hogan oh. uh, commercials for Fosters, of course. And the one that I used uh, copiously for uh, a couple of years ago uh, when we was at Ed's wedding in Australia, where uh, we had to go and get the beer to go into the tent on Stradbrook Island. And uh, me and Glyn turned around and said in the back of the van, we got all this beer and this wine, <laughs> and turned around and we had, we had a bottle of sherry. And turned around and said, so if this collapses, we know we turn around, so I think we have it in on a sherry, mate. Uh, which is a, it was a Castlemaine 4X advert. Um, um, which is brilliant um, I, I was just going to say just to finish on this one I know I'm terribly enthusiastic about this what they do is they create this lovely scenario and it is for the act, from the actor's perspective beautifully beautifully performed you believe instantly in the character types yeah and therefore when her voice changes the shock is the reward and that's what makes it so memorable so it's just it's so beautifully done at so, at mm. so many levels I nearly wanted to put in the Carling Black Label Commercial uh, about dam busters. Oh, with the goalkeeper that came across my my, my, my view as well. Yes, and, yes, and I, I think I just liked it because it was quite clever. It was it, we all like the dam busters, don't yeah. we? Um, uh, which they never put on the telly anymore because of the name of the dog. Nigger, come on, boy, come on, nigger, come on, come on, nigger, come on, up, fella. Well, you won't have to wait for me for a long, long time. No, you won't. Going on holiday down to Cornwall. Rabbits. It's funny, isn't it? You just can't bring yourself to... Well, I can't bring myself to say that name, but... Um, it's the name of the dog. It's the name of the dog. I should fine. man up, shouldn't I? And, you should do. Say it. Well, <laughs> talking about ranting, I actually had lunch with a chap who's 95 and flew in Lancaster's, and he told me all about the war about just the other week. Fantastic. And you do feel guilty that we cocked the country up on his behalf. Um, 
But yeah, so I like that one because when they take the um, the little uh, the, the masks oh. off, they still do the sort of yeah, funny yeah, yeah. radio voice. So honestly, I thought you was going to say that he was ninety five and from Lancaster, and quite happily said the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's <laughs> really when you speak to somebody who's been in the war. And he looks you in the eyes and say, "I'm this. Why have we done this? And why have we got the country into this?" It's quite sobering, even well, if you don't necessarily agree with all of his. It is, but considering the fact that uh, political matter, uh, the, the majority of people who voted out of Europe was over, over the ages of <laughs> over the ages of sixty. Um, uh, have a go at uh, your kids, people in nineties, because they weren't us. <laughs> yeah, see, you was going to use and just. just just before we finish talking about booze, uh, and, <laughs> he says, bringing us bring, away. We have an me. empty glass. <laughs> and, 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 and before we get a sack full of letters, I think I may have mistaken Martini for Bacardi. Mm. Same company, but um, but yes, if you're drinking Bacardi, was no. the payoff line for that ad. Um, uh, Martini, of course, was. I, ah, we got Shinzano. So which one? Who was which? We're going with any time, any place, anywhere. Oh, That's the right thing. nice. I don't know. I get those two confused in my simple little. I way. think they all taste the same. Um, yeah, and I, I was never too after sure what I was supposed to do with it. After a point or two, <laughs> they will. They will taste the same. Well, if we talk about purpose. alcohol, press advertising, and posters, and back to Roger Moore, the hot actress who played the baddie that flew the helicopter in stick with me in the spy who loved me yes she was famously uh, for about five or six years the 48 sheet poster and, and press advertising uh, look for uh, one of the uh, rum brand Gordon, ah, uh, yeah. yes and i'm desperately trying to remember her name i know she's very very attractive very nice. very, very and she got a rocket up her Helicopter. She, she unfortunately, <laughs> she did. Yes, upper action man helicopter. Very regular on the uh, the um, the memorabilia uh, shows. Uh, in fact, uh, she may well be on the at Birmingham in October, yeah. where so, Waffle On will be hopefully. And I'm going to throw in another Roger Moore related advert related fact. Oh, here, here we go. Roger Moore's daughter was for a long time ah, the face of Scottish, Scottish Widows. Widows. Yes. Ah, there While we go. We're about Roger Moore in the advertising world. Anybody else with any more Roger Moore advertising based <laughs> facts? We do write in. Ooh. We do miss him. He did do some advertising, Roger Moore. He did. Oh, that is going to have to come to me. He was in an advert in a pub. I can't think whether it was for a cigar brand or a beer brand. I think it's probably a cigar, I think. Oh. I can't believe that I didn't mention, sorry to go back on stuff, your Guinness advert was the music was done by Leftfield. As oh. uh, the tune of Fat Planet, Fat uh, there being PH. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, the Heineken advert. Now, that starts Sylvester Letuzel, uh, who most recently. Great name, isn't uh, it? Still acting today, uh, prolific actress, actually, and she's currently in the series of Utopia. And Brian wow. Pringle, uh, who is the man in that, um, yes. uh, most people will know who played the character of Arthur Pringle in Auf Wiedersehen Pet. He was the uh, head barman when I was doing the Manor yes. House up in series. Yes. Two. Let's just mm -hmm. pause on her name, Sylvestra Latuzel. Sylvestra Latuzel. Now that's when oh. Equity we're getting very strict about. You have to have a different name from all the other actors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's also a name that you'd probably almost think would come out of Pornhub. I think most actors. And again, we go with that. It's okay. <laughs> I, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> it is also also one of those names that you you almost imagine might have flashed up after you have been watching at the yes. end of Allo Alone. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're going to have to do... In fact, one of a future Waffle On podcast, everyone, is going to be me and Peter talking about 
those TV programs oh, yes. in which you did get uh, you have been watching most notably will be of course Hello Hello and also the uh, Heidi High and what uh, else was it? Are we're not talking about Dr. Beeching uh, purely for the fact that they nobody watched it and nobody watched it no uh, was that Are You Being Served? Was that uh... Are You Being Served? Was yeah, actually funny. funny That's enough, Arnie, I, wasn't they? Was it? That did, they didn't. You've been. They watching. didn't do the. Uh, you oh, did watching. they? No, I think they did. Yeah, it's such a theatrical thing and so cozy and so lovely. You know, funny thing, a little bit of a, a waffle side track there. I went and bought a suit the other day for a wedding at uh, uh, my suit place where I go to where me and Pete go to in town, uh, Slater's. Lovely place to go to, always very accommodating. Always uh, with a discount now, apparently. Uh, yes, apparently, yes. <laughs> yeah, <come> on, yes. <laughs> uh, but I, I nipped down to the Thai section, was having a mooch around, and as I was leaving, they were playing the Are You Being Served music. Really? <laughs> <laughs> as I got to the lift, which I thought was rather nice. Did you inquire about Mrs. Slocum's pussy? <laughs> and I stayed away from John Inman. Uh, yeah. I'm free. <laughs> well, back to Allo Allo. I enter my office every morning and mm. there's a, you know, a group of us all lying up at desks and there's one me and one other old fart and lots of, lots of young, thrusting, intelligent, uh, uh, dynamic people and every morning he gives me great pleasure to say, good morning, and no one has a fucking clue what I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him, bless him. Right, moving on quickly from Arthur Bostrom. Uh, oh, Peter, uh, no, uh, quite a serious advert for this next one, broadcast in 1986, again, part of the public information series, oh. highlighting the AIDS epidemic. Um, so here we go, uh, featuring the wonderful voice of John Thor and the music of Hans Zimmer. very serious advert this one Peter um, terrifically serious and again it's another public information film so um, coming back What's to it coming back to the curse guy AIDS <laughs> click at the fingers what, why, no, are we, why are we, hang on why are we clicking our fingers I'm not in full what I need <laughs> they're leaving me out viewer <laughs> there's a genuine Dear story listener. which I think has to come from the horse's mouth uh, which, um, which, which Metmeds has to explain what, what, what's, what's happening here. yeah um, about oh my gosh how long ago is it 10, 15 oh man 13 years ago I guess gosh. something like that I was in a pub opposite my flat with Mike Chris and we was having some hangover lunch and we were sitting there quite quiet because he was pretty hungover. And there was these two guys next to us, about the same age, having a conversation. One was not feeling too good. And he was saying, oh, man, I, you know, I've been up all night. I've got a bad cold. My nose is running. My sore throat. Oh, my hands feel thing. You know, I don't know what's going on. And his mate turned around and said, you know what I think you got, mate? I think you've got the AIDS. And that was it. And of course, I, I burst out laughing as soon as I heard it. But what was funny was the fact that he did—he clicked his fingers. 
So I know every now and again when we talk about something, someone says, oh, I'm not feeling too good. And we'll go, yeah, I think you've got... <laughs> it's like it's like casting it on somebody, and you know it's it's it's, it's rented ghosts all over again. <laughs> yeah. and, and and certainly you know it's it's one of those things that in a blokey conversation you can always throw mm. to that, and that's always your your, your shorthand. It's a, it, it's yeah, but that's yeah. gone that's gone that's gone to Australia. That's gone to that's uh, gone all over the world. Nigel, your boss really. apparently <laughs> knows. No, you're, you're not your boss. You're like oh, a light. Colleagues. Your work yeah. colleagues. So if you go up to your work colleague and say if he's complaining about having a, a bad back oh, or cold, yes. just simply just go, go that's point. Um, yes, yes. So you can cast this on people. Oh, so um, cl- clearly John Hurt should have just gone, I think you've got for that. But at this time in nineteen eighty six, uh this was a shocking and terrifying broadcast. Um it was and again it was one of those things that the Central Office of Information at the time did did incredibly well that Nicholas Ridley who was the health secretary at the time um, commissioned this advertisement to not, not to inform educate and entertain but just simply to inform and educate. It was one of those things that was needed in order to make people understand that this was an illness that could be caught through sexual contact wasn't just the gay plague that it was being cast as mm. in an awful lot of scaremongering media um, and the the cataclysmic um, look of the advertisement mm. the serious tone of it um, combined with the very stern delivery of a lot of facts mm. about it um, I think it was responsible for the sexual health of a generation who may not have got AIDS as a result of using condoms, but may have also not got gonorrhea, syphilis, any of those other um, mm. sexually transmitted diseases. Um, and it was it was an incredibly important and iconic advert because it's still remembered now. Um, and it's incredibly important and iconic because of the effect that it had and probably saved, if not tens of thousands, then maybe hundreds of thousands of lives. There's no joke, I t- uh, by I, the way, at the end of this. I, I, I'm just I, making no, a point. I, t- I totally agree. And also, I think it's something that probably should be played again. Most recently, um, an American study was done uh, regarding immigration and racism in America. And they played an advert from the 1940s um, to younger people. Uh, and it was basically about how people should get out of their country, they are American, all this kind of stuff. And how these kids watched it and thought, this is happening now. And the fact that the AIDS epidemic, although HIV does now have it doesn't have a cure, but it has a lifelong uh, medical process, is still a you know a tragedy that is happening today, along with other uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Um, a lot of what not a lot of people know is the fact that uh, Margaret Thatcher. Um, there was an advert before this that was done, and Thatcher uh, dismissed it and turned around and said, "No, this is too whimsy. We need something more." To the face. Well, and it was her who, who, who agreed in, for this one to be in, done. In 1986, um, I was probably about 16, hmm. um, and um, so uh, the height of boning, age uh, no, <laughs> the no. height of wanting, uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> the height of rejection. Oh no, that went on for years. Um, Get but, out! But <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, less about my own personal tragedies, uh, but it was, as somebody of that age, literally just starting to um, enter the world of the yeah. opposite sex, 
um, and failing miserably, but entering that world. This was a shocking advert. It, mm. The room stopped. Whatever you were enjoying stopped, and you just sort of watched this, and it was like, oh, my God. And, of course, deeply embarrassing. Didn't know what to talk to your parents about when it was mm. on either. I, I remember watching it with my parents, mm. who, uh, they're in their hippie kind of way, my mum and dad have always been fairly uh, free-spirited in conversation. Uh, and I love them for that. Um, actually turned around and explained everything about it. And I, I, I do remember at the time talking to mum and dad about it all. But again, like what Pete, what you turned around and said about not only AIDS, but also other sexually transmitted diseases. And also unwanted pregnancies as well. Um, the, the, this advert um, saw a huge reduction in uh, really? more more important more not importantly sorry that's the wrong word but in unwanted pregnancies yes. going and 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 shockingly and it has to be said the only people who was against this advert was the catholic church who mm. of course this was endorsing the use yes. of uh, safe yes. sex which uh, is sex, still which is still going yes. on today and of course still life in places unfortunately like africa uh, in which there is still a, a huge rise in sexually transmitted diseases and, of course, unwanted pregnancies. Well, when will these people learn? Are we going to have a waffle on about Catholicism at some point? Well, <laughs> dogma is coming up. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Just, again, make sure you say that very clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, not, <laughs> not dogging, ladies and gentlemen. It won't be a special edition in the round room. I, don't, uh, <laughs> I bet you'd get more listeners if it was about dogging. <laughs> Probably would. Rubber up. <laughs> I t- you no. And, you and Kel in a car recording Waffle On. We could all watch through the windows. <laughs> Peter's just uh, just uh, whether he's read my script, I don't know. Oh, but he has been. He's just said rubber up, leading us straight into Nigel's next one here for Goodyear oh, <laughs> Grand yes. Prix tyres from 1979. It is of course the wet braking advert. The highway code tells you how long it takes to stop in the dry. In the rain, things are very different. So when Goodyear told me that their new tyre, the Grand Prix S, stops shorter in the wet than any other leading tyre, I asked to see proof for myself. This car is fitted with the new Grand Prix S, the others with different leading makes. That distance is about a car's length or, if you like, more than the width of a zebra crossing. The new Grand Prix S from Goodyear. I'm now completely satisfied that the new Grand Prix S from Goodyear has outstanding stopping ability, even in the rain. I'm convinced it's a major contribution to road safety. Nige, are you one who enjoys the wet? (laughs) 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 Oh, that's a ham-handed segment. (laughs) Well, <coughs> is Mrs. Beer one who <laughs> wants to make sure your rubbers are good for the wet she likes, tires? Shall she, we say? she likes a bit of and she likes control <laughs> when I'm cornering in the. I can't speak. Okay, we've just got innuendo bingo going on at this point. Uh, can we just say the word moist now? And get it oh dear me, moist tires. So yeah, so, this classic advert. Why? Why this one? Two reasons, I think. One because. Um, uh, it was. It's actually a really boring topic. No one cares. Everybody cares about cars, don't they? Everybody. We were all dream of having a Porsche, or Ferrari, or an Aston Martin, or whatever your dream is. No one cares about what car tyres are particularly. So it's very boring. And this chap, they got Sir Robert Mark, who was very authoritarian, and he lectured you from the advert and said, "I'm convinced it's a major contribution to road safety." And we all thought, "Well, we better believe him. He's a former police type person." Mm. So very impressive. All of that. Um, 
So I liked it, and it dramatised the breaking distance, and you did think, oh, crikey, that's, you know, difference between running someone over or that's... All that was lovely. It, however, in my mind, was made super-duper popular because it was spoofed on not the nine o'clock news. <laughs> Excellent. Almost exactly the same. Uh, Mel Smith played the Sir Robert Mark role. I think, or was it Griff Jones? Griffrey's it's Griff Jones, Jones. And as he said, I'm convinced it's a major contribution, the car went off the test track and mowed into, uh, you know, someone behind in the back of the camera. So it became, in schoolboy world, uh, one of those lines you repeated to each other all the time. I'm convinced. I'm convinced it's a major contribution. Did you know that we've met Grief Reese Jones? Well, I say I, met, we, we, we pointed and wagged that We breakfasted with. Did you? Yeah. And oh, my yeah. stag do. Oh, yeah. That's marvellous, isn't it? He, he, was, he was part of... Uh, that was very good. That and everything. <laughs> he, was, he actually ended up being wow, uh, yeah. my best man's speech uh, because <laughs> of the fact that we had uh, a load of nuns, a blow-up horse, and Griff Reese Jones on no my stag way. weekend. The perfect <laughs> that weekend. is the perfect stag weekend. In, uh, in Bridge North. <laughs> <laughs> but it oh, is, you're right. Oh, you're right. exactly what you say. Uh, Sir Robert Mark, who was a former Metro Police Commissioner, Possibly one of the most boring men in the world. Yes. Not only did this advert, did several adverts for Goodyear. Yeah, um, and they actually sold and any tyres because it, of him. It, it, what's quite interesting about it is it's the antithesis of all the other ads we're looking at. All the other ads dramatise a point, a feeling, a benefit in different and interesting ways. Whether it's brilliant artistry with Guinness or, or animation or characterisation, this is really literal. Here's some cars, here's them braking, this one's better, and I'm going to tell you why, because I'm an authoritarian person. Mm. Somehow, it became popular. Again, probably because of frequency. They just played it to death for several years. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's called the, what, what the, what's the product called? The Grand Prix? Grand Prix, yes. Grand Prix, yes. Prix, Grand Prix, yes. And, 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 and braking is the title. At no the point have they considered mentioning racing cars in, in this advert at all. No. Yeah, it's the Grand Prix, yes. It's like... Well, you know, that, that's incidental, clearly. Um, it reminds me a bit, uh, when, when, when it comes to wheeling out police people yes. for quotes, <laughs> it reminds me of John Stalker. Oh, yes. Who I think was, was he Greater Manchester? He's Greater Manchester Chief Police, Constable, yeah. And he did a series of interminably dull advertisements for roller blinds. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, wittering on about how effective they were against being burglarised um, <laughs> and and it's just a, it. I mean it's clearly a message to go for and it's clearly a message that has resonance if you've got people sat down and want to listen to what this policeman's mm. going to say to you but my goodness it's not entertaining no. no well there are two ends of the spectrum if you haven't got a huge budget make it deeply deeply creative clever and entertaining people will remember it if you can't, if you've got the wit to do that, if you can't <laughs> do that for because your boss wants it to be literal and tick logical boxes, which may well have been the case, then you get into people's minds through frequency. Mm. They see it again and again and again and again and again and again forever, and they can't help but remember you first. Mm. And again, they, they, it's a bit like having somebody with a yellow jacket on in the middle of the street. If you put somebody in the yellow jacket, you automatically assume that person knows what they're doing in charge. Tick VG, yeah, you're tick a marketing VG. guru. There you go. So stick somebody who has a, a, you know, it could be any actor, but you stick the fact that he was a Metro Police Commissioner. When commissioners actually meant something, yes. um, then it, you know, it's actually something for it. Now, Pete's sticking on. I'm the, uh, convinced. I'm convinced it's a major contribution. I'm convinced. convinced. Not, no fact. 
No, He's just convinced. I'm convinced. You know, I'm convinced the world's going to end tomorrow. <laughs> Not necessarily <laughs> saying that you no. are going to stay alive with Goodyear tyres. I'm sure. I'm convinced he's a dullard. <laughs> now, what I am convinced about yes. is this next advert Ooh, chosen yes. by Peter. Oh. Uh, this is one of my favourite ones. Is from 1986, the Castrol GTX oh, advert. Yes. <laughs> it is straight, square. Circular, the precise shape of every moving part it clings to, lubricating, cooling, and protecting. Oil is too small a word for it. It is Castrol GTX liquid engineering. Fit it in your engine. So, yes, the Castrol GTX advert. This is the second advert featuring the iconic oil. Uh, dripping down the oil can over various uh, uh, fallacies. Um, Peter, what, what fallacies? <laughs> well, they do look like a pair of boobs with a red and, a red and green bikini as this lovely uh, oil goes over. Pete, why, why, why is this one stood <laughs> out? I know up, you, you're a, a motor guy, but I mean... What, what um, the, there's, the, I remember this advert very clearly and crisply. It's, again, it's one of those products that nobody, nobody gives a crap about. Uh, nobody cares really what tyres go on your car as long as they're round and black. Nobody cares what oil's in your engine as long as it doesn't make it stop, stop mm. working at all. Um, but this is one of those ca- occasions when Castro has just gone, well, what does our oil really do? So it sticks to stuff. Can we show it doing that? Yeah, why not? Mm. And there's every possibility that when they were doing this and showed it noodling its way in and out of these crevices mm. and cracks and round these curves and into in, into the into the introductory spline of the mm, the spanner, of, of the spanner yeah. at the at the end it's very it's very clear it's very crisp it's very satisfying it shows where the where the product is going beautiful bit of music choice because yeah. it was Mailer's Seventh Symphony. Obviously, I was about to say that. that was, it actually came out as a single Did because it? of this advert. <laughs> oh, well, on top of the pops. Well, <laughs> yeah, off, mate. yeah you rock. can see. Let's <laughs> down See the girls dancing there to uh, Mailer's Seventh Symphony, not off. And um, so it was, it, was, it was really, yeah, it, it was one of those things that made you think about a very, very dull product. Yeah. Um, I will go very off script for a second to talk about the Chris Rear film that was made in the late 90s called La Passione. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> in which Chris Rear's love for the bodywork of old Ferraris is made fairly tangible in a scene that is pornographic in its sexual nature where olive oil is dripped over bodywork of a number of very sporting Ferraris mm. and drips down in a very similar way to as you see in this advert. Mm. Is Marler involved in this at all? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. There's an awful lot of Chris Rears involved. In <laughs> it's, like, it's a bit <laughs> off-putting as it is. It's, you know. um, um, and dear listener, when we finish doing this, we're all off round to Peter's house to pour baby all over his cars. <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, yes, it's, it's one of those slightly interesting sensual things. It's a, it's a tactile thing. Mm. It's a... Um, it's an attractive thing. It's a uh, it's an engaging thing to show the viewer, just to make them think next time they go and buy a can of oil. And again, so the funny thing is, though, is if, that the, if the only name you remember is Castrol, you've got more chance of buying Castrol. They'll sell more. Well, stuff. that is that is, and that actually works because when I first bought a car, 
uh, being new to the, you know, the car world. Which is was it like a Ferrari? No, it was an Escort, Ford Escort, which I still adore. I wish I had it. Um, the first oil I bought was Gasfield. Really? It was the first advert I thought of when I bought oil. Oh, and the fact is. that I, look, I remember going into a, a, a Halfords uh, and just looking at all these kind of places thinking, I have no idea what to buy because they're all saying the same. They could all go in my car. Yeah. But I need this car to work. Advertising kicked in. It's, it's, a sh- it's, a, it's really bizarre, isn't it, actually, that you know all these companies invest tens of thousands of pounds year after year on just trying to be vaguely more memorable than somebody else. Mm. Mm. This is also the car meds that you parked outside my house one night and somebody ran over the top of it. Yeah, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be who did that. Didn't even have the audacity to at least roll over the bonnet because it was a. It was, I love that car though. Was it? it was well, you, a did you park Ford it near Starsky and Hutch? I wonder. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I did roll over the bunny. It was featured in a in a in a little bit of a film I did as well for something. I can't remember what it was, but uh, I miss that advert. What, the seat uh, the seat was Mark, held up on bricks. Mark three, Mark two. Oh, what was it? No, it was a um, it was a ninety eight. Yeah. Like oh really? So one of the later boxes. Yeah. Which I like. I like boxy cars. Yeah. yeah. I like boxy cars. I bought it off my mate John Sheldon, who I live with for five hundred quid. <laughs> and that's when I was getting married to my wife. And so I had to have a car because I moved over to Bromsgrove. So oh. there's no way I could get to work uh, on, on public transport. So, I had one of those I had one of those boxy uh, escorts when I was about nineteen, one point three litre, which was super powerful in those days, yeah. mm. and I uh, promptly wrote it off. Oh, well, <laughs> well, mine was mine was a, a one point six ZTEC, uh, mm. and it was a beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it was held. So the seat was held up by bricks, and the <laughs> uh, and I think the the older uh, oh, the, the um, clutch went on it. Was the reason why I had to get rid of it. Because well, it would have cost a thousand pounds. I managed to roll, uh, go up a bank, roll mine twice, hit oh, a wow. tree, rip the tire off. Go upside down, slide down the road, then get hit by another car. <gasps> wow! And at no point did the policeman that came to along say that he was convinced that anything was a major contribution to road safety. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly it wasn't Sir Robert Mark. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very nice man. So got, where was he? Clearly, he yeah, exactly. Clearly, you're a bit of an action man, Noid, <laughs> and oh. uh, going into your next. Choice of things was the 1978 Action Man oh. Command Transporter. Action Man and his transport command. Top realistic models specially designed for Action Man. They're all action. Just look for the Action Man Transport Command badge. It tells you they're the real thing. Can send off for a free workshop accessories kit by collecting the stars with every pack. Action man. Transport Command. Only from Palatoy. So, did you own one of these? Action Man. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was Action Man mad when I was through the middle of the 1970s and late 1970s. I bloody loved them. And this advert was orgasm orgasmic it was it was just it came on and it was everything you dreamt of because it was all about the transport uh, you know the tanks and the machinery and oh god it was so 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 exciting um yeah i i saved up all my money and i swapped things with friends and i had a box of all the clothes and, and i had a number of action men it, it it was just in fact when i was about uh, about this time um, I don't know why, but I, I obviously had a good Christmas, and I got the sort of Action Man Cold It set. 
Oh, which, which was basically a cardboard uh, central. I'm doing hand signals here. You're going to take the piss again, aren't you? But I could sense it coming. But it was a cardboard sentry box with the, with the barrier that went up and down, mm. and that was at the beginning to the bedroom, which got turned into cold its. And you've got lots of little tiny papers, the forgery papers, and a little uh, paper. Um, suitcases and you could have your action men trying to escape from Colvin no I mean uh, action man was I mean I never owned an action man because uh, oh. they were too expensive oh. I did. I think I did get one from like um, car boot sales or something like that, like that. but I never which <laughs> nine times out of ten meant they had no eye uh, you know one arm or something like that well um, so eagle eye was not eagle eye well mine. eagle eyes came out to, by, must have come out by about the early 80s because I was Growing out of Action Man mm. by then, but I have looked it up, and an action. So I reckon about 1980, 81. Mm. Eagle Eye Action Man, four pounds twenty-five. Wow! Which was, I my pocket money was about twelve pence a week back then. God. So it was like a, a year. You save up for a yeah. year to get an action. Well, man. they were expensive to make. I mean, they, they were they were obviously based on the G.I. Joes uh, but Action Man was, it was produced solely for the UK and Australia by uh, Palatoy uh, in Lancashire uh, sorry Leicestershire from 1966 mm. to 1984 these are hugely collector's items now. yes uh, everyone remembers the fuzzy the fuzzy hair and stuff like that but there's a lot of knockoffs that went around at exactly the same time which a lot of people bought thinking they were Action Man but actually weren't mm. and funnily enough now like we see as we get older a lot of these action men turn up on like Antiques Roadshow really? as, as collectibles and stuff like that and minted box set action men are incredibly incredibly expensive well now. mine were all very well played with and they'd seen a lot of combat action I'm a big I'm a firm believer of that I've got quite a few collectibles and it's only recently I've kept stuff in boxes most notably on my mash cars from 1982 uh, which one fell off when we was decorating and no. the whole thing split over no. like oh, sorry, I don't know if blue uh, boys and their toys Pete going on to number 10 uh, now this one uh, is of course uh, everyone loves a toy um, the band 2003 VW Passat advert oh. stating don't forget it's diesel This is a band advert, a uh, 40-second advertisement created by BMD, <laughs> BMP, mm, uh, DDP <laughs> to promote Volkswagen's diesel cars, in which a sweet-looking girl turns around and says bollocks after every sentence, basically because she's been looking at her dad who put diesel in his car at the end and says, oh, bollocks. Um, why did you choose this, considering it's a band advert? Um, not many people have seen it. It's fabulous. And I, I, was, I was reminded as we went through this process, really, about... Um, about how, how, how VW and its and its partner agency were so instrumental in rewriting the rules of advertising mm. and, and just breaking those and looking into those and being, you know, almost making people care about advertising. 
what's the next VW ad going to be, people would ask. And I, I, I do have a lovely book at home, which is an, a pretty much uh, an almanac of all oh, the great uh, VW ads. And, and it has in there how to ruin an advert as well, doesn't it? That <laughs> chapter, you, yeah? Is that the book? Um, it's, it's just the list of the ads, so... Oh, okay. There's um, another one then, I must let you borrow it. Really. Excellent. Um, so I, I went to a lot of VW ads when I was looking into this episode, for example. Um, there was a the VW ad where they used to drop cars from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw that one. Um, and 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 then the point at which that turned into the Passat and the car went through the floor, um, which is an awful looking. VW which is, car. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a great it was a great advert. The VW Golf advert from from the uh, the, the, the mid '80s, which is when advertisers discovered feminism. Um, yeah, which and, was your and, other and, one? And, the and proposed an idea yeah, of GTI, yeah, of the, of the, yeah, a strong woman giving up everything that she's provided with, but but the but the faithful golf. Um, this one's really really clever, and it still makes me laugh. I'm still able to look at it and go, "That's really bloody funny," um, because it is. It's the um, it's the strange nature of this little sweet girl who just suddenly comes out with. And she says it in so many different ways. Mm. Bollocks. But of course she doesn't say the word bollocks. Well, she she presumably that would be some kind of breach of guidelines yeah. to make sure. She's the actually girl saying say the word bollocks. Ah. Because she was uh, shown her and her twin sister, there's twins in this advert, and they were shown uh, Pollock, the artist, and got to do their own versions of it. Oh. And then said, How many Pollocks have we got in this room? And so that's how they said. So we now actually, obviously, it's not there. It's clearly not their voices who say bollocks. Uh, it's that, but they're actually saying pollocks. So they're saying, say the name of the artist's paintings, pollocks. And then somebody else is overdubbed and saying it. Wonderful bit of way of filming there, though, to do it. It's a cracking advert. I mean, now I think you could easily get away with playing it because I think, you know, standards are. Where is it from? What year is it from? This is from 2003. Okay, right, okay. I mean, it is very clever. It is one of those things where it's funny at the start. It makes you ask a question. You understand where it's come from. It's come from the environment. And then what you find out is that her dad cannot believe that the the car he's bought is truly diesel. So he he keeps telling himself off for putting diesel in, putting petrol petrol into his diesel car. um, And she's picked this up from him. Um, but oh, listen to it again. Some of those bollocks yeah, are, are brilliant. so heartfelt, really are. and you know, especially when you get into the fact that anyone who's a parent will remember the point at which their sweet little child says something that they've overheard. Yeah, my my daughter turned around and said ages ago, um, "Bugger," because that's my default swear word in the house. Oh, bugger, like that. I'm very Hugh Granty. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when, I go, when I go into the world of, of, of bugger and I actually turn around and say it in a way as they do they're going to say it in the worst kind of scenario um, but I think we've got to wave it and not well, I know I broadcast it to everybody it's going to be I'm just going to wait for you to tell me a story <laughs> no. when she said fuckity buckety anyway <laughs> this, this, this next advert I really want to ask both of you uh, about the, the rules of advertising especially when it comes to the BBC Nigel this is your one from 1980 featuring the Doctor and Romana 2 <laughs> Romana 2 I should say uh, played oh, by Mama. Tom Baker and Lila Ward for Prime Computers Doctor the universe 
this is about to end. What? We need the orbital coordinates of 900 planets of the constellation of Casturbaris in 17 seconds. 17 seconds? 16. Constellation of Casturbaris in how many seconds? 11. Good interaction so far. 900 planets. 10. Excellent response. Come on, Doctor. 900 planets in how many seconds? 3. 3 seconds? 1 second, Doctor. 1 second. Well done, Prime. Prime computer. Not so loud. Prime computer. That's better. No, I mean... One, before you talk about it, Nigel, I just want you two to think about this. The fact that the BBC, considering product placement is so fiercely contested with the BBC, how um, the characters of the Doctor and Romana are allowed to be used for an advertisement. What, what's, the, what's the gist here? What, what, what's that all about? I mean, how does this work? Well, it's a murky area. Because um, I don't know how they got away with this because the character of the Doctor and associated imagery like the TARDIS is all owned by the BBC. So you would normally have to pay a usage. Well, I um, think as well right, at that point, at that point, the BBC was going through a court um, thing with the Met regarding the, the, the police, police box. box. Uh, in fact, the BBC won that because of that, that license. It was more closely associated with the minds of the public yeah. than it was with the police. Mm. Absolutely. So I don't really know how they got away with this, but I think, if my memory serves me correctly, it was originally filmed for New Zealand or Australia. Ah, oh, okay. Um, and used over there. But um, I'm a Doctor Who fan, and I know you are too, so I oh, sort of put it like into it. In, in a vain <laughs> attempt to ingratiate myself to you. Um, <laughs> he was clearly going to get in. Well, do you know, I thought... <laughs> Three I, packs, that is. I thought it wouldn't, and I thought you might play it at the end of the podcast, just as one of those throwaway mm. things. But um, I really love it, because actually, Tom, at this point, Tom has just left Doctor Who. No. Or he was he coming hadn't. to the end of his time. Because the several, the several, the several series of these adverts, and if you notice, if you watch all of them, if you've done your research, Nigel... <laughs> um, he actually wears different costumes. Yes, throughout them he wears his, oh, his original and one, his grey one yes. as well. And yeah, he's up towards his end of his tenure, uh, Doctor. But of course, um, Lana Ward is in this series of advertisements, and, and his last team in uh, Doctor Who was Tegan and Adric. Uh, so it's Sarah around Sarah. the time that we went from peak Tom Bakerness mm. and um, and um, mild Tom Baker to angry Tom. Well, I think we went from peak, effortless, I'm the Doctor, I'm bestriding the universe, um, I, uh, Douglas Adams is writing the scripts, it's fantastic, and he's just getting on rather well with Lala Ward, as his assistant as Romana, Romana, and, um, and then it flips, while this series of ads are being produced, it flips into his final season, produced mm. by John Nathan Turner, written by Christopher Bidmead, very serious, rather boring, stupid purple costume. He's hating every second of it because they reined him in and made him be serious. Um, and he's a bit tired and old. He'd been quite ill. And all of those things going on. And in the middle of it all, he goes and marries Lala Ward. <laughs> as you do. As, as, as predicted. As, as, as predicted by the computer as well. Well, and the fact that they wrote it into the script. And another slight reason uh, for, for doing this. Obviously, the, the advertising point is to try and... Uh, is, to, is for the product to take benefits by association with somebody that's famous. But I did get to work with Tom Baker many, many years. Really? Um, and all I want to say is, he is, he is, make the, no doubt about this, he is Doctor Who. <laughs> all the time. 
and he's wonderful and hilarious. And we got to the point um, we were working with Land Rover and he was voicing some radio commercials. Um, and we started just writing the scripts with him <laughs> so that we got more, we got more Tom Baconus into them. And these prime computer ads seemed to have the same thing going on in them. And he used to get very involved in writing a Doctor Who script. So he, he was really pally with Douglas Adams, and that's why you ended mm. up with some truly amazing scripts. Have you ever heard the uh, Tom Baker um, uh, cut scenes from one of his recording booths, which is losing his temper? Uh, not unless it was the ads he recorded with me. He did used to do ranting about Was it one. Peas? Was it I think it was Peas, peas yeah. So he, I do he have... could go on a rant, but he's hilarious. Oh, come on, I can't do that. They're not half-wits you're talking to. I mean, you sounded as if you were a fucking infant teacher. Yeah, I know you're setting aspirations, and now you, but you want me to sound like a fucking disc jockey. I mean, you know, what is the, the point is about this, I, you're sounding like every, you know, this sounds like every other thing, the notes you're giving, like, sounds like every other kind of shit, as opposed to magic and dreams. It might be great on furniture, make it a fucking mean on commas and full stops at Symphony. Because Toast of London. Hi, Stephen. Yes. This is Clem Fandango. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango by Matt Barry's own admission is based on Tom Baker's voiceovers of him getting exasperated uh, by, by certain things Tom Baker Tom Baker but he was charming professional brilliant and amazing voice but Doctor Who all the time now those people who own the uh, Doctor Who DVDs you can find those on the Destiny of the Daleks oh. DVD save you going to YouTube now Peter mm. now you originally picked two Old Spice adverts oh. The classic Carl uh, Orff, Carmen Ebucana advert, which, of course, everyone knows the uh, theme to Damien. Uh, but this one is from 2010, a long line of adverts. Same with some of you again. Most notably known as The Man Your Man Could Smell Like. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped using lady scented body wash and switched to Old Spice, he could smell like he's me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on a boat with the man your man could smell like. What's in your hand? Back at me. I have it. It's an oyster with two tickets to that thing you love. Look again. The tickets are now diamond. Anything is possible when your man smells like Old Spice and not a lady. I'm on a horse. <laughs> now, I'm a firmly... I'm a man. Firmly. You're a man. Boys. <laughs> In really? the camp of men smelling like... In fact, I do, currently at this moment, I'm wearing deodorant from Old Spice. Are you? I am is indeed. That, I'm an Old in, Spice man. I'm a brute in, man. Is that an awe of the podcast? I'm a man who firmly believes that a man should smell like a man and not a French, uh, you know, <laughs> pop kind of David Beckham <laughs> essence of flowers. I think I want to smell like a proper man. And this advert, which you listeners obviously have just heard... I think is wonderful. Uh, why, why did you pick? Well, actually, why did you pick both of them? But I mean, most notably this one that you you, you picked up. There's the original Old Spice advert, which has has, has Karl Orff's famous uh, famous music over mm. it. It's got um, again harking back to that uh, that Guinness commercial. It's got yeah. the it's got the surfing drama. element in it. It's got that. Yeah, it's got drama. It's got men. It's got men being men and women being women men. sitting on the beach admiring the men. Um, and then, and, and then the, 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 the yes, admiring, <laughs> admiring the action men, um, and then, um, and, and, and then the idea being that well, what what this is all about is a smell. Yes, 
It's smell. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and the and actually, when you bring that back to uh, to meaning, the actual meaning when it is uh, when it's brought into this 2010 ad is no, that's exactly what they meant by that. Yeah, the idea that there's this rugged guy out there that might smell as something, but it's probably fish, um, <laughs> and and actually it's Old Spice. Mm. It's like yeah. Um, and there's a woman out there admiring him. But what they've done is they've just distilled the essence of that ad. They've distilled everything that was implied by that advertisement. And they put it down on paper and got this guy to read it Carry. out and act it out. Mm. It's like, and it's perfect. It's wonderful. It looks at the world of advertising. It's incredibly meta. It's incredibly inception mm. in, its, mm. in its view. Um, and it is witty and charming and beautiful. And, Beautifully edited. And you know, you could, you could ah. now, you, you could, you could, you could sell anything mm. with that advert because it's engaging, it's honest, it doesn't try and pull the wool over your eyes. It says what it's doing, and it entertains you throughout. And it, Brilliant. It yeah. is. It's, it's very much actually. I mean, the, the whole commercial was filmed in a single, uninterrupted take. Requiring three days of shooting and numerous attempts to achieve a successful take. Minimal computer-generated imagery was used, consisting of overlaying a separate shot of an artificial hand during a segment where diamonds flow from Mustafa's palms, who's the actor, I should point out, uh, and also when the body uh, washes rises through the pile of diamonds which separately filmed shut over that hand the remaining effects were practical and achieved on set including and this is a great one a crane lifting the bathroom scene from above oh. a crew member dropping a pre <laughs> a preformed shirt over Mustafa's head from above and a cart that carried the actor from the boat onto the back of the horse that so is just truly it's love truly amazing it's really well done but also again it's one of those adverts where the fact is that there's been so many different kind of uh, perfumes and stuff for men lately in which you know uh, the fragrance of this fragrance of that and stuff like that yet there is that whole point he's going back to saying this is what you can smell like if you want to smell like a man and if you the other thing to think about is that will have cost over half a million pounds to film that's not the media cost mm. it's just to film and produce it and how much is a bottle of Old Spice two or three quid four quid five quid you've got to sell a bloody lot of bottles mm. haven't you to make the money back well the deodorant is uh, three pounds I know because I bought it oh, of course <laughs> yeah, and you smell delightful I tell you what though the funny thing is, is I mean, but there again going back though it's funny thing is the fact that I remember going back I mean Old Spice has, has been a joke for probably about the past 15 20 yeah. years but I remember from my dad coming home from work and his mates, and, that, and they were, you know, they were engineers, they were big, bulky men. They smelled like basically brute and old spice. But that to me, as a kid, associated probably what a, what a man smelled like. Uh, and now, being a, a dad and a man, you hear, you smell all these things and you think, oh, Jesus. I'm not going to go back to Insignia when I was a teenager. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like all links. You think, oh, I want something that smells like, I want a, ma- I want a dad smell. I'm a dad. Well, it's and interesting. It, and they smell nice. They're funny. I mean, they're not as harsh as they used to be, you know. They're, but they're my, my, my dad, uh, from the 1970s, when I was a little boy, he smelled of Brute, or Old Spice, fags, beer, <laughs> and sweat. And then if he went out for a dinner or something in the evening, he smelled of that, plus sort of 
whiskey and cigars. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, I bet that's a memorable smell for you. It though. really is. If you, if you smell either of those kind of things. Oh, I, I mean, my that. dad was always kind of like, because he was an engineer, he'd smell of oil grease. And, and I also remember that, his aftershave, and also the, 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 the petrol in the garage, because we used, he used to take engines out of cars and swap them into different wow. different cars. And I think that's from our yeah. childhood. You smell like your if you present any of us with a sheepskin coat embedded with all of those fragrances we'll of old inside. spice, it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll curl it inside. Yeah. Nice as, long, as long as either John Mutson or John Thorey's out of it at that yeah. time, I think, I think we'll be right. Um, um, now, the Sweeney! I'll, why don't we do that? Nah. <laughs> I'll make a point about this though um, around 2010 was the point at which uh, advertisers started to get very nervous because you had things like TiVo uh, coming on board mm. with uh, the ability to pause live TV and more easily record live TV that more easily than you could record it with the yeah. VHS so you, the, the digital video recorder was coming into its own um, this was one of the first adverts which you would go oh there, there's that one there's that one. Stop. I love watching this one. Mm. And you'd actually stop it and you would watch it for the no, sake of its own art. You, you're exactly. saying that. I'm going I'm to give a bit of a shout out, which I'll put in the uh, show notes as well, for uh, Kaleidoscope, who um, are a team of dedicated people who who follow and um, uh, find Lost TV, anything of media. They do a, a brilliant thing every year in, in Birmingham uh, of, a, of, of a kind of like a get together. And they do a thing in a hotel. And they show old uh, broadcast programs and also old advertisements, old public information wow. films, all stuff that's been lost. And one of our listeners, and I hope I get your name right, Brad Shepherd, I'd read it. He's invited me so many times to go. And unfortunately, every time he's been, it's been during the school holidays. And nine times out of ten, I've been away. And I wanted to go this year. And lo and behold, the only time that, that all my, my lads got to get together, because we all live in different places now, was that day. But they are also fascinated in people who own or have found old videotapes because everyone thinks oh it's just a videotape you know it's just got like oh, James God. Bond Moonraker on it but the thing is is those videotapes if you taped it will have adverts on which nine times out of ten of course have been lost yes so it's not just TV shows or mm. films or plays it's actually advertisements yeah, or public information yeah. or per party political broadcasts, mm. of course, where you think these things no, but nobody probably will ever think about keeping. Yeah. But going back historically, from media points of view, it really works. So if anybody does have um, videos or stuff like that and you think you've got something, please do get in touch with Kaleidoscope. You can find them on Facebook uh, or get in touch with us at Waffle Line and I'll send you the link to them. Now, going to the next advert, it's a classic one. Again from 1978. I know this is a theme here with you, Nigel. Um, <laughs> it's a legendary, of course, the milk tray advert. Now, this is an action-packed one, uh, Nigel. Uh, Guy Myers playing the milk tray man here, who did it from 1968 to 1984. Yes. The music is called Night Rider by Cliff Adams. You can find it on YouTube. The full version of it, a jazz version of it. Uh, Myers, people might know, of course, playing Captain Lou Waterman in Jerry Anderson's UFO. Now, are you a bit of a wannabe 
uh, milk chai man are you not now because I'm an old fart <laughs> when I was eight or nine uh, I definitely saw uh, my future driving a Jensen Interceptor and being an international man of mystery <laughs> uh, which hasn't worked out on so many levels <laughs> would you, would you, would you, do you still want a Jensen Interceptor yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> Now, but this this advert, when you when you look at it and when you come back to it, I mean, there's so much imagery and so much machismo associated. Totally. With it. Um, this but, one as well that Nigel's chosen is very Bondian with the with the boats at the beginning, with yeah. the, the explosions and the, and the, the clear gangsters and the going on. And the, yeah. Oh. This one in particular is an advertisement aimed at men. Well, I think Clearly, the whole movie which, which, which says if you're a man. Yeah. And you need to buy chocolates, then don't be a wimp about it. Buy oh, these. Yes. They were the most bought chocolates for <laughs> ladies on Valentine's Day and then like that over this period of time. How original. And um, um, I, because I know how to treat a lady. You bought uh, Terry's all gold. No. <laughs> <laughs> Periodically, I will break the front door down and present my wife with some. Uh, with uh, some uh, something black? Some. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, can anybody live with that image? Um, I will. No, I said break the front door. Can we go back to the dark chocolate, I should point out? And and present Milk Tray to Mrs. B, who herself looks like a Bond girl. Ah, is Mrs. B a a Milk Tray fan? Yes, I think Or is she more of a Toblerone? Uh, no milk tray. She'd be oh, okay. More, more like yeah. to have milk tray. Is Mrs. B going to be listening to this episode? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. We'll, we'll raise a carton of milk tray. <laughs> milk tray. Yes. Yes. Send yes. us a milk tray. Yes. I think again. I like spoof. It's a brilliant spoof. It's done in a very polished, loving, caring way. Lots of attention to detail. Very simple. You know, rather stupid plot. Uh, in all of them. Why would you be doing dangerous things and then leaving the chocolates and buggering off? I have no idea why. I would have at least eaten the chocolates yeah. and then buggered off. Well, <laughs> you know, arguably you'd want to stick around maybe and have a smooch with the young lady. Not with all those, you know, be a nasty gangsters hanging around. Yeah, well, and you would be a proper... should be a proper Yeah, boy. you know, you'd be a, a fat bloke. Interestingly, though, interestingly, um, they were... Why are they called Milk Tray, dear listener? Because it's all milk chocolate. No. Ooh. Partly, give you half a mark. Um, Cadbury's introduced milk tray in 1915. <gasps> right. 1915. Ooh, okay. And they were sold loose in the shops. So you bought an indiv- you would buy individual ones, but they were transported in trays, all made oh. up. So it became known as milk tray. That is a, uh, that's a fantastic fact. Thank you very much. But and very um, good. And... Nobody would have remembered any of them until these ads came along because they're utterly brilliant. And the music, I think, is, de- is really defining. Mm-hmm. You've got to hear those opening few notes mm. and you know exactly what's about to happen and you know where you are and you're in that fantastic sort of adventure hero world uh, where I live in my Jensen Interceptor, obviously. I must admit, though, like, like uh, uh, unfortunately, modern-day things, we believe, you know, you know, looking after the planet and all this kind of shit. Um, <laughs> the, the, the the art of opening a tin or opening a packet of chocolates to smell any aroma mm. seems to have disappeared now. I mean, like, you've got a tin of Quality Street or a tin of Roses, 
which is made out of metal. So you've got the aluminium foil, yeah. you know, kind of that smell always to me says something about chocolate. And the same used to be as well with Milk Train, also with Terry's All Gold and all these old classic uh, Black Magic, which is the joke I, meant, I mentioned earlier. <laughs> you would you prefer black. Um, <laughs> if anyone thinks that's racist, then get out of town. Um, but there was a smell to chocolate. Mm. There was a smell. I bought a box of Milk Train, which you can buy fairly cheap these days from the local co-op. Oh, I don't know, it's nearly five pounds. <laughs> it, it was actually five pounds, and it was it was a single. No, it was two layers. It must be. But that smell had gone. That beautiful layers. smell of really? kind of like yeah, it, it was just yeah, not, oh, hang not on. the same. Oh, I know. bought them recently. They smell fine. It's a bloody old spice you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, it's it's one of these things that of course the more chocolate you eat, the more it's going to get us fat. And going on to fat things, Peter, you've chosen Hello. a fat man now. Ah, hey. uh, yes, oh. it's uh, it's the you've been oh. tangoed advert uh, from nineteen ninety two. Hello, Johnny. I think we might use a video replay here. Super, Ralph. Let's do that. Oh, yes, we could be in for a quintessential Chango Tis sensation here. Why, yes, Johnny. Let's look again. Yes, Ralph. The big orange fellow running from the left, and he gives him a good old slapping. It just illustrates the bite and buzz. Oh, real oranges in Tango. Yes, Ralph. Super taste sensation. Smashing drink. Lovely. You know where you've been, Tango. Now, Peter Jeeves uh, played the orange man in this one. You can also see him in many films, especially Cutthroat Island and the Muppets Treasure Island and uh, the often forgotten uh, Eric Idle, uh, Robbie Coltrane film, Nuns on the Run. Pete, why did you choose this, uh, this wonderful slapping advert? Um... I think, I think firstly because, again, it's another one of those ones which is it, it's explained by the commentators throughout um, and the, 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 the money shot, the impact shot that you mm. see in it is, is seen, I think, three times um, and you see this guy get slapped around the face Ooh. and every time it's funny. It is. And it's his expression that's funny, though. And you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll yes. rewind it back and you'll look at it again. Yeah. Um, but it's not about the advert. This one isn't about the advert. It's barely even about Tango, although they must have beefed up the the, the amount of orange in Tango because it is it was particularly tart around that point. It was, I think. Yeah. Um, what this advert is about is imitation, mm. and I understand that Tango got into a certain amount of trouble mm. with the Advertising Standards Authority when kids in playgrounds started tapping each other on the shoulder and smacking them around the face <laughs> and deafening each other <laughs> and going what the hell are well, you being tangoed it's like yeah. suddenly you've created an awful lot of very red cheeks yeah yeah, yeah. an awful lot of an awful lot of people who who've got to be excused from school <laughs> an awful lot of excuses for school bullies yeah, yeah. to go oh I was I'm only doing an advert. advert yeah um, and my god yeah I was a victim of this but <laughs> once oh. and once only and I, I, I retaliated with a firm kick in the pollocks to be honest okay. um, right. and right. um, and but yeah it's one of those things where it's more than some of its parts it is just so imitable mm. Uh, and is one of those things that anybody who's heard it has just gone oh I remember that and either you were tangoed 
or you did this to somebody else. Yeah. Brilliant. Nothing in between. I think it's a brilliant advert. And it, again, I think it's the reaction of the guy who does get tangoed. Yeah. Uh, uh, doing, I'm and also, doing it now. The, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And the guy, of course, who played the tango man was never, you know, you couldn't tell he was who he was because he was all painted in orange. And fair play for him for running through London and uh, slapping people uh, around the factory. He there. actually moved in a really interesting way, didn't he? Yeah, he was. He yeah, moved yeah. his shoulders, but his hands were low. And yeah. It was yeah. very... Brilliant, and transformed um, what was about a number three brand in its sector. Mm. Mm. Um, and again, you, there's no point saying we're more orangey than another other orangey drinks on the tin. Yeah, people don't pick it out, so it yeah. suddenly became the brand to have. Everybody liked it. And I also feel I'm a bit of a fan of the old Tango. Yeah, uh, if so, anyone wants to sponsor us, uh, there we go. Uh, there we go. That one. Can I just say you can't beat gold bullion? Yes, yes. While you're pitching for a free product, I thought yeah, I'd yeah. give it a go. I'm, 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 I'm more than happy to uh, look at the new, you know, the new £10 notes for Mint. Oh, oh, if, if I they see. Would, oh, uh, oh, yeah, I if see. they would like I'll it. See what you're playing uh, at. Uh, but it's a delight. Although, <laughs> I, I, had I had some delight last week. My sister-in-law, she's the best. We go round for dinner, all the family, normal, you know, Sunday thing. Absolutely nice, all very polite. And at the end, instead of apple pie or whatever you'd normally do, she came out with Angel Delights oh. with Space Dust on oh, the top. Oh, man, she's ace. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's ace. I had... Was it chocolate or butterscotch? What? The what, Angel Delight? Strawberry. No, what, Angel Delight? Strawberry. What? Has to be strawberry. Get out. <laughs> and we had... So basically, her son, who's about 15 and I, had about four or five of these each. And then we didn't feel very well afterwards. No, so there's a lot of sugar. <laughs> a lot of we, sugar. we had a chocolate Angel Delight last week. Did you? We did, yeah. Was it? I mean, we pimped it with mush, uh, mushrooms. Uh, with marshmallows, oh, uh, chocolate sprinkles. Well, try the old like space that, dust uh, or whatever. It's popping candy. Popping candy. It was moon dust in the 70s. And the, oh, do you remember? I mean, moon dust, which was... The rumour going around my school was um, that it had been banned because you couldn't always get it in the shop because it gave you brain damage. <laughs> so... Because it reacted in the back of your ears. Like that. You put it on your tongue and it went pop, 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 And pop, now pop. it's you, it's using <laughs> any kind of bloody modern day yeah. restaurant to enhance their shitty puddings. Exactly. Well, <laughs> it's brilliant and I love it. Talking about sugar, Nigel, uh, your one here, uh, number 15, is of course, everyone is a fruit and nutcase. Uh, from 1976, uh, sung by humorous Frank Muir. To the tune of Dans de Militoine from Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker. Everyone's a fruit and a nutcase. They keep you going when you toss the cable. Whatever you are doing, punting, canoeing, is nutritious and nutritious to judiciously be chewing. Everyone's a fruit and a nutcase. If only it could help improve my singing. A healthy recreation, not a combination. Companies, fruit and nut. We make these up as we go along, you know. So, are you a fruit and nut case? Totally. <laughs> and I have to really, really rip you a new one here, Nigel, because I, ever since this one came in, yeah, ever since we were talking about advert, this has been the earworm in my head. Above <laughs> all of the other earworms I that we've thank had, God. this is terrible. I, I love it. Um, I loved it the moment I saw it. Uh, which obviously was back in about 1976, which obviously was a very formative year for me. 
Um, and uh, I liked it because it was, it was again, it was, it was spoofing chocolate adverts or adverts, and it broke the fourth wall. Because he just, right at the end, yeah, he looked and winked yeah. directly at me, I thought, mm. um, and said, we make these up as we go along, don't we? And uh, absolutely brilliant. And, uh, and as you say, brilliant earworm. Uh, and, and, and I still, I still hum it to myself when I purchase some fruit and nut. You know, <laughs> you know, 38, 40 odd years later, I still think, everyone's a fruit and standard nut case. <laughs> it's very it's powerful. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. And Frank Muir, uh, a, a big charisma, in, very famous back then in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Very famous person, very distinctive voice, um, and, and a really well known humorist. Great. Everything about it, I love it. Cadbury's, every 20 years, produce a really brilliant advert. They do, especially stuff like Debbie Milks and Fruit and Nuts. I mean, everyone remembers the gorilla doing the Phil Collins yeah, track absolutely. and all that kind of thing. And also the Twitchy Children. Which I think freaked a lot of people out, but yeah. you still remembered the fact mm-hmm. that it was, a, it was a chocolate advert. Okay, so finishing, Peter, you've got the, uh, the, the honour of having the very last uh, uh, advertisement, mainly because of the fact that uh, it's in order. Um, so, um, it's <laughs> but featured... he's lost. That means he's lost. <laughs> it's featuring Gregor Fisher, who's portraying his uh, Baldy Man character uh, from Naked Video. Uh, it is, of course, the Hamlet moment where happiness is a cigar called Hamlet. is a cigar called Hamlet, the mild cigar. The music here from Bach's Air on a G-String, uh, played in this point by jazz musician uh, Jacques Louisier. Uh, this advert was extremely popular, along with a couple of other ones, up until the UK advertising board banned tobacco pro- promos mm. in 1991. Why did you, did you choose this? Because of the fact that it's quite, everyone remembers it. It's an iconic one. Or it's... Were you a Hamlet smoker? Um, no, I'm a cafe creme. Oh, well, my yeah, father but, used to be yeah, yeah, when he used to smoke cigars as a cafe creme <laughs> man. But when he gave up uh, having his pipe, and our default uh, birthday present was in was a, a box of Maltesers and an ounce of Condor ready rubbed for his pipe, and, and on special occasions, uh, a tin of cafe creme. Nothing pleases me more than being ready rubbed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the this is just came up. <laughs> this is this is one of those advertisements that yeah, it does hark back to that age when you were allowed to advertise anything on the television, um, and you were allowed to you know mention brand names, and you were allowed to do things like the Embassy World Snooker Championship. Yes. Um, yes, and you were allowed to put put uh, tobacco advertising in Formula One, and you. You know, of course, none of it by this point was encouraging smoking. We're not talking about that mid-1960s fervour of this is what the doctor smokes. 
this is purely at the point where you've got Costello over there and you've got Hamlet over here and you've got you know, actual actual cigars made by made by the Cubans over there which is Monte Cristo number fours if anyone wants to send me a case of those in exchange for, <laughs> in exchange for mentioning those it would be very nice um, but but yeah this is about um, it's about encapsulating the feeling that you get when everything's going bad with your day and nobody does it better than Gregor Fisher and his baldy man outfit mm. um just just being brilliant the comic timing in this video seriously have a look at it and just look at how much attention has been lavished on his reactions how much attention has been lavished on the uh, just the timing of it um, and I think it's it, it, it's beautiful and there's a lot of other elements which come back to make up a series of adverts where they say mm. happiness is a cigar called Hamlet, and again, we, 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 it's it's been used again as a joking metaphor where we've had a bad day. You go, oh god, happens a cigar called mm. Hamlet. Or you think of that music, which is, which has been uh, been yeah, brought in here, of course. Yeah. Gregor Fisher, most well known, of course, for playing Rabsi Nesbit, but he's also one of one of the most underrated actors, I think. Mm. He's, well, not only in comedy, but also in serious uh, drama as well. Wonderful scene on TV and a fantastic advert. Pete, to end on this podcast. Guys, thanks for joining us here at the uh, Rooftop Restaurant here in Stratford-upon-Avon. Did I win? No. Uh, <laughs> I win because it's my podcast. Pollocks. Uh, <laughs> 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 in fact, Kelly, uh, uh, Kelly, co-owner of Waffle On, wins even more because he's at home without <laughs> having to edit this podcast. Hopefully, he's Reaping the, the rewards. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's playing with his action man. Smelling of Old Spice, Old Spice, smoking a Hamlet, <laughs> and eating milk tray. And that actually just about sums him up. <laughs> I think it does. Probably wearing a waffle on T-shirt, which is coming soon, because I think we've now near enough sorted it out, so that'd be coming on. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Nigel, for joining us. Thank you, Peter, as well, for being, uh, once again, one of our regular guest hosts. A pleasure. Uh, Nigel, hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have, and to regular listeners, I'm sorry if I've ruined it for you. <laughs> uh, we're going to go and uh, have a fine meal and uh, maybe a glass of wine. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly.